0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Hi, I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahmat and welcome to Night School, the show that explores key themes in history, the social sciences and the humanities. We critically unpack theories, frameworks and social phenomena, the better to understand how society works. Each week, we discuss a classic text theme or an idea that we hope to shed light on the world around you. This week, we're going to talk about socialism, particularly in light of an upcoming conference that's going to happen on the 19th. And joining us to do that are two of my comrades from Parti Socialist Malaysia, the organization that's organizing the conference. We have legendary Arul, and of course, Sharan Raj as well from the Organising Committee. Welcome to the show. Thank you.
2: Thank you. <laughs> so,
1: um, PSM has this conference every year and every year is a different theme. So, what's the theme for this year? The theme for this year, this is a
0: National Socialism. Just an overview of what is socialism. It started first in 2005. And the organising committee then is the legendary Arul himself. <laughs> it was done in New Era College in 2005. So now this year is the 13th year. So this yeah. is what we call the national socialism. We focus more on local topics. Ah, uh, and the one that we are going to talk is something closer. Things like we're going to talk about racism. We're going to talk about Bandung too. We're going mm-hmm. to talk about the youngsters. And then we're going to talk about the 100-year Russian revolution. Oh, no, right, we're right. not trying to start a revolution this year. <laughs> we're
1: going to only talk about this. You're scaring the BFM listeners, really. You know, this is Business FM, you know. No, but I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure what's you going don't on. get arrested. <laughs> now that's very interesting to me because you've had this for so long already. I mean, tell us a little bit about the growth of the party as well, because this is the conference where people can come get to know the party. And since 2005, so much has happened in the country. Tell us a little bit about how PSM has evolved since that time.
2: You see, when we first started in 2005, this conference. We were even afraid to put up our party flags because we thought, you know, having an international conference on socialism, mm-hmm. at that point PSM was not even registered. Mm-hmm. You know, the we put in for registration. But I think today, after all these years, we thought it was the right move to call our the party name mm-hmm. Socialist mm-hmm. Party, because at one point people were afraid to use the word socialist, we brought it back. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, is a lot of young people are joining the party,
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially Malay members. At one point, we were afraid Dr. Nazir will be the last Malay
1: <laughs> in PSM. Yeah, that was know? my worry for a while too, yeah.
2: <laughs> but then, you know, today, you even in our Central Committee, you have people like Aduka, you have people like Manzamzili, you have uh, Matsaman, you have a number of people in the Central Committee. Mm-hmm. So I think the fear that PSM could not penetrate Malay masses, you know, mm-hmm. But the young young Malay seems to be interested. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of positive things yeah. happening. Yeah, Many people thought when we first started that we will be buried within a year. <laughs> so we've survived quite a bit, mm-hmm. but much more to go.
1: And you've had a lot of gains as well. I mean, the Semenya Poet I mean, these are... For a small party, those are things to be proud of. I remember going to the first socialism conference, 2011, and I really thought at that point, well, who's going to come? It's probably just 20 people sitting around table at a mama or something. But I went, and it was the Chinese Assembly Hall, and it was surprising that it was almost full, you know? So people are curious. They want to know what alternatives there are, and I think this is why the conference is very important. You know, people get to talk, ask questions directly, and I think the key thing that you mentioned is that people are actually paying attention to Youths, youths have questions about socialism, about mm-hmm. alternatives, and they're looking for new ideas. And from what I gather, you'll be featuring some young speakers as well. Ben Zali is one of them. Yeah, we have Dennis as well. Mm-hmm.
0: We have one particular session itself just for youngsters, which pajuangan anak muda, social media atau turun padang. Like a while ago, Arul essay has mentioned. I think the past half a decade we have seen a lot of youngsters who are becoming very fed up with the current politics. Uh, you only be choosing between the two grand coalition, and then now the youngsters they want to get involved, and then you see a lot of voices on social media. I think that's very, even, especially during especially during on Wednesday night. The moment mm. the petrol price goes up, the youngsters to be there fighting. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, and then you see young people. Suddenly you've got like Ashik Ali, you have Anis, then you're hearing a lot of new people, new organisation working around from small communities to indigenous people. So they're actually coming down. But now the question is, where are the youngsters more focused? We want to discuss about that. Are they purely on social media or they're turun padang? Mm-hmm. Are they organising people? Are they protesting? Are they demonstrating? Mm-hmm. And which one of these is more effective? Yeah. Which one is uh, gaining traction? So something we should be exploring because yeah. the politics now are now around the youngsters and these are the biggest people who haven't yet to to register as voters. And Mm -hmm. imagine if they register as voters, they will be the formidable force. And so socially, we want to put the youth in the front you talk about it. So we have prominent speakers like Bhavani. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them would have definitely remember her. And yeah. then we have Benz Ali from Kulia Buku and as well as Jean from Challenger itself. So these mm-hmm. people are very young, prominent people who are having works whether on social media as well as on the ground. So mm-hmm. you want to bring them and let's listen to Diawi, what they think about the future
1: of politics and what would youngsters prefer, social media or as well as Turun Padang. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing as well about youth in that uh, and maybe Arul, you can comment about this because there are, you know, young people, they're always very idealistic. They're very curious about the world. And socialism's going to give them that protest element. But then when they are 29, 30, bills come in, they get married, they have mouths to feed. You know, they become liberals, you know, yeah. <laughs> at best. They might even become conservative yeah. after that. So over the time, over the years, you've become an activist. Like what's been your experience dealing with youth? Do they stay committed to the cause or do they eventually fizzle out?
2: I think it's a tough question actually. Because if you look at the youths today, a lot of them are very, they express themselves very well in social media. Mm-hmm. And they're actually more radical. Their views, their feelings, you know, they are sort of liberated, you know. Mm-hmm. But they are only maybe liberated with their mobile phones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not in the real terms. And I think our challenge is to bring these people up. And over the years, you've seen new kinds of movements like Puku and. Groups like uh, Kulia Buku yeah. and all that; these are the new kinds of movements. And then you got this Dapo Makanan and all that. We always question whether this can transform into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Whether doing welfare work, you know, do you end there? You know, do you mm-hmm. question why people are poor? Why do you feed people? Yeah. yeah. You know, so we feel that we should bring the challenges above, and youth should get more organized. Opportunities are there, mm-hmm. definitely. But I think uh, you've rightfully said that the problems the youth face today are massive, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's no way, there's no shortcut. You have to f- take on the system. Yeah. If they want to get better education, cheaper education, better health care. I mean, what else is there, you know? Yeah, yeah, You have to fight back. yeah.
1: Sharon, you're the youngest guy in the room. <coughs> I mean, what's your experience with you? Is this really a, something they're committed in or is it just a curiosity, a brief fad? What have you observed?
0: Well, I would like to share a bit my experience. Lah. I started as well, like what Arul say, we are welfare. We started a small school for Rohingyas mm-hmm. when they first came to Malaysia. We were quite broke, but we put all our money in and then started. And eventually we started that and we realized it was system. And we're talking about some corporate grids in uh, Arakan state, which is what's forcing them to come. And then we would try to get the government to integrate them. Into, it just didn't work to us. Lah. And then eventually that's how we started to come into mainstream politics. That's mm-hmm. why I was exposed to PSM because mm-hmm. the two grand coalitions, they were seeing the Rohingya case as only from the racial issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, this also brings back to one of our themes that we're going to talk about today is perkauman D. Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll about that later on. And that's eventually how I came to mainstream politics. A lot of people who eventually come in because they are doing welfare works, but then they're realizing giving welfare only doesn't stop it. Mm -hmm. We have to end the route at the cost. And that's where they come to the system. So a lot of them, as they realize, they are coming in. And the youngsters also need to eventually will realize that the issue with them, we talk about unemployment, or we talk about regressive education, we talk about the regressive healthcare. It's not an individual problem. It's Mm -hmm. a collective problem. It's happening because of the policy. And without organizing our together and fighting together, they will not get anywhere. It's mm-hmm. going to get even worse. Yeah, And this is why the youths are realizing. And that's why they said, oh, we have to take a change. We have to come to politics. We don't have to stand in election, but we have to come forward. We have to voice out. We have to organize the people. So I'm seeing a different trend, like compared to 10, 20 years ago, when I look at my parents, where they were so very ignorant when it comes to politics, the only time politics is we vote but now they are voicing it out they are voicing it about politics every time a minister or an MP gives a wrong comment in Facebook I'm sorry in the parliament he gets bashed people are protesting people are making police reports and the young people and some of the people you have never even heard about so I'm thinking they are coming but in the long term I think they are or their mode of expansion might change maybe from social media they might come to the streets yeah. or maybe they themselves will run for election yeah. but I do really hope a lot of them will not fizzle out
1: yeah because social media helps in that Bernie Sanders Jeremy Corbyn they became popular largely on of social media you know and then Malaysians who use social media they see about you know why Sanders using the word socialism he's not afraid of it so I think that helps a lot but I think uh, the other challenge I and mean, this is where the other forum you organize is very interesting is that Malaysians are still thinking largely in terms of Malaysian is Indian, Malaysian is Indian. Every issue is about Malaysian is Indian. But how do you make that paradigm shift? You know, because that's the way we're entrenched to think, right? But then you want to say, no, we have economic problems that we share together. We're on the same boat when it comes to not having control over work, about not having control over the economy. So how do you make that paradigm shift?
2: I think for Malaysia, this is the most major challenge. And it's also a problem because... Malaysia, the Malay population is only 53%. So in that sense, the insecurity can really be built up compared to like Singapore where the Chinese might hold a big majority or Thailand, the Buddhists, or Indonesia. Also, Malaysia, we are in a difficult position and our racism is political, it's institution. So you have to take on the system. You have to take on them to resolve problems. If you look at before 1969, when the left parties were there, strong, you had class politics in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. After 69, after the new economic policy, it's completely shifted to racial politics. That's why you see every coalition of the opposition fail on racial issues. Even why you don't want to have local government elections, the reason given by Mahadeh was, it will be been by the Mm -hmm. non-Muslims in urban areas. So the reasoning given... Are all on, on race base, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So one thing which PSM tried to do is we try to build class alliance based on issues. That means we will never take up an issue on Udut or even on Indra. We try to take up issues which can unite uh people. And mm-hmm. it's a, that means on we got a lot of issues like that mm-hmm. on transportation, public transportation, on healthcare, yeah, education. Like, you can actually build a, yeah
1: she concerns everybody, regardless yeah. of. But you know yeah. the attack.
2: The, you know, we, I was so happy when Amana said, "We will open our party to everybody." Then next you have Prebumi, saying that no, it's only for Bumi Putra Malays. You know so, yeah, yeah. and then so the latest Pakatan Harapan brings back that this is the only way to move forward. You need a replica of BN, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a racially based party, to fight them. Yes, yes. So I think we have a. Extremely uphill class. Yeah. Yeah. We have to take on racism. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the ways is to build a anti-racism movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's very important.
1: Do you sense that Malaysian youth because, you know, they're no longer so easily consumed or taken by the post-69 trauma, right? People who were born in 1995, 96, you know, it's such a long time ago, May 16. Like, do you think that youths today... Unless less persuaded by racial politics or do you still think it's still much of the same? It depends on their
0: particular location. Judging my bad experience, when it comes to urban area and semi-urban, they have been mixing well with their non-racial base, So mm-hmm. there is a bit more, they understand them more. The unity that we talk about, it exists there more. But when you go to rural area where they've been staying within their community, they have a higher tendency to be a bit more prejudiced. Mm-hmm. But once they come out from their shell, what we realise some of these rural areas when they come and they mix with another people, when they get help in times of need, they realise like, oh, these people are good people. Mm-hmm. They might be different colour, they speak different language, but they're good people. Mm-hmm. And that's where eventually the realisation come. The younger generation, particularly, I think is a bit more integrated. They don't take racial... Too seriously, but I think religion still plays a very strong mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. I think that the race base is not there, but the religion is still there. Mm-hmm. They're still feeling a bit of prejudice to which the non-religion is there. But yeah. I think overall, compared to the 1960s, now we are definitely doing yeah. better. But I'm sure we can do better. Yeah. The only thing now is we need to take the racism out of politics, which is why our first topic itself, which Arul also will be there, is "Perkawanan Malaysia Sampai Bila. Mm-hmm. When do we going to end like, racism game in Malaysia? And one of the key things that Arul himself is going to speak about is politics per common in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. He's been a very long time being in politics. He would know better than many people. Mm-hmm. And we got Prema Arasan from Tanagatita. She'll be speaking about the prejudice and the discrimination faced by the refugees as well as mm-hmm. the migrant workers. Mm-hmm. They are also facing that. And we think it rooted causes because of the racism in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So then we feel prejudice at them. Mm-hmm. So Premarson will be talking on behalf of uh, Tanagita, and then we got Adli Zakwan from Pusat Komunikasi Masyarakat. He's also going to speak about uh, the racism issue in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So the very first topic of the day will be the hot topic, yes. which is racism.
1: Yes. And what time is that panel? That is going to start at okay. Okay, nine thirty. Nine
0: thirty. So it'll be very interesting. I'm sure you yeah. guys should be coming early just to listen to that, especially to Arul. And uh, just <laughs> to clarify, how much is the entrance fee? The entrance fee is ten ringgit. We'll be starting registration at nine, but we do hope that people should come early to get their Seats because seats are a bit limited. We're also providing child care from the age of three to ten years. Oh, interesting. First yeah. time. Interesting. First yeah.
1: time. And where is this again? It is Kuala Lumpur,
0: Slango Chinese, ah, Assembly, Chinese Hall. Assembly Hall. It's along Jalan Maharaja Lela. Mm-hmm. nearby Maharaja Lele Station. Kuala Lumpur monorail. So, mm-hmm. we advise a lot of our visitors to take the monorail, use the public transport, let's go green from this time itself.
1: So, now one last question before we take a break. 10 ringgit, what do you get? You get lunch yes. provided? Okay. We we'll provide you with lunch. Yeah. T
2: shirt, calendar, no ever? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This year we'll use it for the election campaign. Okay. <laughs> save, right. save some money.
1: Let's take a break for now. We'll come back to talk more about the socialism conference this weekend, Sunday uh, on 19th, basically from morning to afternoon, late afternoon. We're to be talking about so many topics related to building socialism Malaysia, from racism to the new youth. Joining us to do that is uh, Sharan and Arul of Party Socialist Malaysia. i will be right back. I'm Ahmad Fuad Rahmat, and this is Night School on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to me, Ahmad Fuad Rahmat, and joining us this week are two activists from Party Socialist Malaysia, legendary Arul, of course, up-and-coming Sharan. And they are going to talk to us about Socialism 2017, their conference happening on the 19th at the KL Chinese Assembly Hall. And it's going to just be tendering it for a full day of conferencing, lunch provided, and you're very much welcome to join the event and the discussions. So in the first part of the show, we talked about how Party Socialism Malaysia is still a young party, but you've made steady gains since 2005. And typically, this conference is a good way to know the party as well and to know more about your work. One of the questions that I keep hearing uh, about PSM, and this is often asked as a challenge, is that you got to learn DAP's lesson. DAP was small party. The Tony Puas and the BNs joined much later, right? (laughs) The Urban Liberals joined much later. But before that... It was still a grassroots party dealing with the urban Chinese working class. But then when they became mainstream, they have to play the mainstream game. They have to have a position on hudud, position on Islamic State. I know it's still early days for PSM, but do you foresee that problem one day when, because you want national power eventually, you have ambitions at that level, how will you maintain your grassroots identity that you have Achieve and proven at a small level, how can you maintain that at a national level? Have you thought that far or is that still a bridge you're not thinking of crossing yet?
2: No, well, I think PSM has come out with a lot of policies, you know, compared to many other parties. We have talked about small and medium, you know, industries. What do we do with them? We have talked about environmental. You know, we're going to have a conference soon to discuss on energy, energy policies for Malaysia we are discussing about defence, you know. So I think, though we are not very near to power, but I think by end of this year, we're going to come out with a thing about rural poverty because we did a study in the rural areas, the fishermen, the felder schemes and all that. So we have a programme. But I think a party, whether it's coming top-down or bottom-up, you know, I think that is fundamental. Mm-hmm. As long as we have a democratic Participation from below. That means the farmers pick this is how even today the workers or any area we organize in Kepong or in Jinjiang or what, it is very rooted through a participatory kind of democracy. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very important for a party. Mm-hmm. That is why that, you know, we, we talk about declaring asset. You know, people like Dr. J. have to set such you know, he can't stay in a, as a member of parliament. He's forced to stay in a YMCA than in a four-star hotel where he's Mm -hmm, mm entitled, because I think the party has all this in policy. Yes, because we want to set the standards, and I think as we grow bigger, these are problems, and I think we have we understand these problems. Some of the policies of the party on democracy is the lesson learned by the MCP, you know, Mm -hmm. because the MCP was very top-down people who had dissent were not allowed, you know, they might be in front of firing squad. Yes. So in PSM today, it's very even, it's so difficult to even take disciplinary action against a member because we made it so difficult for the top, the Central Committee to. So, I think that these are very important lessons and I think as long the party is, you know, grounded and common people have the biggest say in the party because we don't even have a state level, we Mm -hmm. made it that the branches are the most important component of the party and the National Committee and the Congress decides most of the policies, not the Central Committee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we can maintain that as the party group big, and I think there will be some form of check and balance. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the other challenge too, in that you want to be local and grassroots, but you also want to be international, socialists or internationalists, right? And one of the forums you have is on Bandung, right? Now, why do you think is relevant after so many years to ask the question about Bandung? well when the first Bandung was found,
0: unfortunately Malaysia was not part of it at that time. it was mainly by all these third world countries they had this spirit that say let's not follow the second world, let's not follow the first world, let's have our own independent yeah, identity. there was
1: Sukarno Nkrumah, Nasser, yeah Nehru yeah.
0: and all of these people uh, yeah. So they build that identity that let's not fall to imperialism, pressure. Let's build our own identity. Let's build our kind of economy, a self-sustainable kind of stuff. But when you look after many, many years, what happens after the Soviet Union fail, when you have the Americans being the sole superpower, the neoliberal agenda or what we call the neoliberal capitalism is so widespread. They have able to break a lot of these third worlds and non-aligned movements that they are now caving into them. And the support solidarity support between the third world country is actually very very low, and this is the reason why we have now the race to the bottom, mm-hmm. where the tax is going down, you underpay your wages just because you want capital to come in. So this was actually uh, the whole thing of Bandung too is to see how we can build it in the ASEAN level first, mm-hmm. or in the Nusantara level first, among us, so mm-hmm. that we stay together and we don't cave into their pressure and try to build solidarity together. We try to exchange. We have might have something better than us. We might have something we can trade in to meet each other need rather than exploit each other need which mm-hmm. is what the current system is doing so we meet each other need in a very socialistic manner. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to propose this idea to people, which is why the Bandung 2 talk idea came in. It was first spoke in our Congress. And then now we are trying to mainstream it. So one of the key people will be speaking. You look, it would be Dr. Jay Kumar, which is the Sungai Siput MP. And then we have Wilden from Indonesia. And then we have Antonio from Philippines. So Mm -hmm. these are international speakers. And these people are some people who have been campaigning about self-sufficiency without the reliance of foreign imperial powers. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to bring them in, listen to the ideas. And we want them to explore the challenges in current Because the situation now and the situation in 1950s, it's very different.
1: Mm So Just
2: to add on that, you see, if you look at the, in Southeast Asia, whether we can have a minimum wage for Southeast Asia. You know, because we are looking at competitors, Malaysian workers are, you know, the investors, they say they are running to Philippines, for example. Mm -hmm. So, this idea is to move something like Alba in Venezuela, you know. Whether the ASEAN countries can have a minimum wage, that means the employees can't run anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, this is something which which we think we can move out in this, Mm -hmm. you know, how to collectively try to build a people's solidarity Mm -hmm. against uh, imperialism.
1: Yeah. I wonder what the role of the state might be in that, right? Because... You either have strong unions yeah. or you have a strong state to stock capital, right? And I think this is a contradiction the left hasn't quite resolved because, you know, union laws are really bad under neoliberal government. This is what happened in Latin America, for example. The left was crushed. You need a general to take over, you know, like Hugo Chavez or you know. But of course, there are other people like uh, Lula was a union leader. Of course, Evo Morales was as well. But at the end of the day, they still had to turn to the state. You have to win state power, and this is a contradiction that people have at the national, international level where if you cannot forge strong civil society links, you need to turn to back again to these autocrats, right? People will say they're the autocrats. And that was the Bandung 2. I mean, Bandung 1 was that, right? Like, yeah. Sukarno, not the most democratic person, you know, Nasser as well. So what do you say to that?
2: No, I think we are trying to moot this idea that because today, everybody, you know, when TPPA comes and free trade comes, it's actually unity of the oppressors the corporate you know yes. so for the left you know you need to build the people's power you need to build the alliance of the working masses you know of course taking state power is definitely needed to in order to bring changes there's no doubt about it but the whole question is you know the left the socialists never keep quiet yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you keep, keep debating whether socialism in one country or you know <laughs> is a permanent revolution. Yeah, yeah. But you don't keep organizing. You know, yes, so in, in yes. that scale, these are questions. Yes, we need to capture state power, but then what do you do in between? You yes, know, you have yes. to do everything else. Yeah. And you know, suddenly, you know, we never thought uh, Jeremy Corbyn will <laughs> become opposition leader, yeah. and then suddenly, you know, almost winning power in Britain. Yeah. Something which Marx would have thought. <laughs> Would take place in an in a industrial country, you know. Yeah. So a lot of things, yeah. A lot of surprises, you yeah. know. A lot of setback as well. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we are we are at that stage. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think it has to be at both levels, or else then we're just relying on. I mean, this is where I think Duterte divides a lot of the leftists, right? Is he left? Is he not? You know, you know where is he? But the other thing as well is when you talk about global capital. Now that the US and EU, they seem to be. Unstable. They're not quite sure if they can sustain. I don't. I think the world realizes that the West, the global capital of the West that we knew it before, is under threat. And in fact, it might not even recover. But you have the rise of China, oh. right? Where do you put China in the history of all this, right? Is it a part of them or is it trying a different block? I mean, uh, because the reason why Bandung happened was because there was no other alternative outside, right? So the small countries needed to come together. But now... You have China building stadiums in Africa, <laughs> building. Re- re- you really have that alternative world coming up, of the old empires, right? So how do you position geopolitics today?
2: No, well, I think China is is really going um, to be a big superpower. It's already almost there, you know. And I think this would would see China companies are also exploiting a lot of people in Africa yeah, yeah. and you know. So the problem of the US. China war, you know, I think this is something which we have to look. Mm-hmm. And I think this always happens in history, you know, superpowers fighting each other, yeah. you know, and why do they fight each other? Because they want to make more profits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How to make more profit? They have to screw up more people, up, mm-hmm. you know. So they might be just ganging up, finding new partners, gang up and screw up the people, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately, you know, the whole struggle of the 99% becomes very relevant today.
1: Yeah. yeah. You
2: know, even in the US or in in China and all that. Yeah. So I think we are heading towards that. Yeah. Towards, you know, and I think this is a part of the process and I think uh, China will become soon a full-blown capitalist. Mm -hmm. You know, and... Yeah, but it's weird
1: uh, that at the recent party congress Xi Jinping is like saying no this is communist idea yeah, yeah. it's very weird but you know what they'll say though they'll say it's all Stalin's fault you know <laughs> but this is where your other panel on the Russian Revolution is very interesting right because it's the 100 years Russian Revolution mm-hmm. uh, October uh, last month so why this topic why include this topic in love well, of the others
0: First, this year marks the hundred years since the Bolshevik revolution, one of the most important point of history in the world. That's one. Although Soviet has collapsed in the 1990s, but we have seen a lot of impact. The past 100 years, how much it has influenced people, it's worked. Whether you talk about its contribution to science and technology, whether you're talking about making education free, healthcare, we have seen that, that impact. A lot of things could be discussed. Like, if you look prior, before the SARS empire as well as a post-revolution, you could actually see how fast the Soviet or the Russia have actually progressed well, making education free. People start to become more intelligent. Things get better. Suddenly, going to space. No, oh, they yeah. were the first people to put a basketball-sized satellite mm-hmm. and the mark of the first space race. Mm-hmm. So no, these... but,
2: but also like things like abortion, <laughs> gay rights. You know, I mean, who would have expected in 1917? You know, Western world is talking about it today. Yes, people are fighting about this, but in 1917, they are talking yeah. about. Those kind of rights, yeah, you know, yeah. it's really amazing.
1: And the relevance... Remain I mean, they were very, very strongly behind the anti-apartheid struggle. Correct. Yes. When the West was in bed with Israel in South Africa, so yeah.
0: they represent the very fundamental of class struggle. Mm. And we want to talk about it today. We don't want people to forget about it. We wanted to learn like, a lot of things that we gained today was from that as well. Mm-hmm. We want to take a cue from that. Of course, we're not trying to start a revolution. Even Sivarajan mm-hmm. has mentioned a few days ago in the media we have no intention of starting a revolution. But we wanted to talk. Every there's something we can learn from them. Even if it's been hundred years. But a lot of things, we took cue from them, but we are fast forgetting it along mm-hmm. the time as progress because the current doctrine is saying that you know so it doesn't work communism doesn't work there's nothing for us to learn from them they're bad guys no but there are a lot of lot of things there. they were a very fundamental of a successful class struggle like some of the key people we're going to talk is Peter Boyle. he's from Socialist Alliance Australia a very interesting our comrade we actually were very thankful even we called him at the very last minute he agreed to attend and then we have Lechmi Devi from PSM she have done a lot of studies on the Russian revolution itself and then we have Jeremy Lim from Imagine Malaysia. So mm-hmm. these are people who have been looking through history, looking through the Bolshevik revolution, the past, the present and the future. What are the contributions? Mm-hmm. So this is something very interesting. And I really think people
1: should come and listen because mm-hmm.
0: you won't get this in Malaysian history book. Definitely, definitely. It's definitely not in the
1: history book. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, uh, without Russian revolution, you're not going to have decolonization in Africa. They inspired so many African revolutionaries mm-hmm. or the revolutions in Latin America even, which then... Produce Che Guevara and produces an icon for everybody until today, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: But also in, in Malaysia, you know, Tal Malacca, and yes. all these yes. people, you know, it all started with the third international, mm-hmm. which is how, you know, came out from the Russian revolution as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, important to look at it. It's a very important thing worker state how they came to power as well as how they failed to yes, keep power, yes. you know, to stay in power. And well, there
1: are lessons to be learned as well. And mm. I think if you look at politics today, I think why Russia eventually produced another strongman is because they know that despite Glasnost perestroika, despite giving the West what they wanted, the West just didn't care Anyway, I mean Yeltsin, they had, Yeltsin was basically a Western puppet there yeah. and they still bombed Yugoslavia. Yeltsin was pleading, begging them, don't bomb Yugoslavia. You know, I already liberalised. What else do you want? They said, I bomb Yugoslavia anyway. So they realised that, okay, you can't go to the Western path. You can't make them happy. So you need that memory, that history of fighting back, right? I think that's where we ended up with. Putin today, right? Yeah. And of course, the communists are still relevant there as a strong opposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, history is strange. You never know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. History can repeat. So, anyway, we have to wrap up. But maybe you can just tell us the details once again before we close. So, right,
0: okay. So, the third socialism. Uh, it's happening on the nineteenth of November in Kuala Lumpur, Slango Chinese Assembly Hall in Jalan Maharaja Leila. You can get there by taking the Kuala Lumpur Monorail and getting down at the Mahajala Station. We have childcare from the age of three to ten. Years old. Lunch will be provided. The fees is just ten ringgits. You can follow us on Facebook page. We have a Facebook page called Socialism 2017. We'll be having four sessions. The first session will start at 9:30. It's Pekalma di Malaysia, Sampai Bila. We have speaker of Adli Zakwan from Komas, Arul Cerbun PSM, Prema Arsene from Tenagita. The second one will be Bandung 2, Membina Semula Gagasan anti imperialis Nusantara by Dr. Jayakumar, Kumar, Sungai Siput MP, Wilden from Indonesia, Antonio from the Philippines. And the third session will be after the lunch is Perjuangan Anak Muda, Social Media dan Turun Padang by Benz Ali, Bawani from PSM and Jean from Challenger. The fourth session before we wrap up the day will be 100 Years Revolution Russia, 100 Tahun Revolution Russia and what we can learn from them. It will be from Jeremy Lim, Imagine Malaysia, Peter Boyle from Socialist
1: Alliance of Australia, Lechmi Demi from PSM. All right, wonderful itinerary, and you know, and it's Sunday too, so do drop by.
2: There'll be bookshops, <laughs> T-shirt sales and, you know, some left souvenirs yeah. the only place to grab it <laughs> once a so year Arul doing a pitch yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but thanks again for sharing us the details about this of course it's a good platform to know about your party which is really offering a refreshing alternative and this conference is a good way to know your party and your ideas so thanks again Sharon thanks again Arul for joining us do email the show if you want to bfmnightschool at gmail.com look us up on Facebook too Night School, type that on search space and you'll find the page. Download our app at the Apple App Store and Google Play. And once again, I'm Ahmad Fat Rahmat and this is Night School on BFM 89.9 The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9 The Business Station.